end of that holiday, on the last day, my, I learned that my father had passed away. And I was like, oh, life is short, you know. You, What is life about, actually? <laughs> um, let me make sure that before I die, I have achieved the things that I've set out to achieve. Welcome to The Freedom Project, a podcast for those who crave adventure with every fiber of their body. I'm on a mission to bring you absolute freedom. Yes, freedom to do what you want, when you want to, but also freedom from your own limitations. In this podcast, I'm going to be exploring what it takes to live a life full of adventure and freedom. I'll be interviewing adventurers, explorers and business owners who have set their life up to have an abundance of choice. And I'm also going to give you the high performance tips and tricks I teach my adventurepreneur clients to have the kind of life they want and be the type of person they wish they were. So if you're not already, subscribe to the show and settle in for another episode of The Freedom Project. The death of a parent and a friend pointing out that you need to get a life. You wouldn't elect for either of these two things if you had the choice. But these two things proved to be turning points in Stella Camber's life. She lived in the corporate world and was excellent at it, but something nagged at her to do something more aligned with her true self. That thing was to start More Life Adventures, a business providing adventurous fitness holidays for busy people. Stella has been on a massive journey on transformation, and in this conversation, Stella and I discuss the details of her growth as that person and becoming that person, the obstacles she has faced in her journey and how she overcame them, what it's like to take that big step into entrepreneurship, how her mindset has shifted along the way, and much more. It's been such a privilege to work with Stella on just a small part of her journey. My hope is that you too can use this episode as a jumping off point to move to your next level as an adventurepreneur or just performance and seeking freedom in your life. If you're interested in leveling up as an adventurepreneur, I offer a handful of free adventurepreneur assessments each month where we can discuss what your next level looks like and how to attain that. We'll put together a pathway, a plan. To see if you qualify for a free adventurepreneur assessment, head to my Instagram profile, Tom Foxley, and send me the word adventurepreneur. But let's get on with the show. The conversation that you had with a friend when they said, you need some more life. Tell me about that. Yeah. And you know, I haven't, you're the first person I, I think you're maybe the second in, in, in total. I've said this to two or three people in my life because it's so embarrassing and everyone is like, tell us how more life adventure started. And I was like, well, th- there's a lot of things that um, that happened. But one of them was that I was in a in a dinner with friends. And, you know, you're all sharing how you're doing and what you're up to. And I, I don't know what I shared, but this very well-meaning friend said to me, paused and said to me, Stella, I really wish that you will have more life. And... And she, her English wasn't British English, um, but what I think what she wanted to say was, "You have no life." <laughs> <laughs> and I, she said something like, "I want you to have more things in your life." And um, I was like, "Damn, that really stung." And it stung more because it was from a well-meaning friend that had no intention of, um, you know, making me feel bad or offending me or you know, inflating her ego. N- none of that stuff. She just kind of very honestly and frankly gave me my gave me her um, her impression of my life at that time, and it's because I was basically working 
and I didn't even have a reason to be working that hard because it wasn't like my own gig it wasn't my own business it was just a job that was paying the bills and was fairly comfortable um and it didn't seem like I had anything else going on that was like really lighting a fire in my soul and I think maybe it was that that made her question how I was living and because if I had gone and said you know you'll never believe you know I achieved this and that at work she might have had a different um appraisal but um whatever she meant at that time which I didn't question I went home thinking man that's gonna sting for a long time you know that's one of those things that I have no way out and I, I have no immediate answer to it and it seems like I'm trapped in this zone of comfort and safety and I'm really trapped in it like mm-hmm. my life is about safety and survival in this place and I've not made it any bigger like I'm surviving I'm, I'm managing I'm comfortable you know I have food on the table and I clearly have friends to spend time with um, but is that all I think that's what she meant like what's your life about so uh, you know this was now well over 10 years ago but at the time it was that plus I read a book um called the charge and it was talking about that zone of safety and i was like man yeah we've got to do something what was the story that you're telling yourself that was keeping you on the kind of societally accepted straight and narrow um i think it was what it was what i wasn't telling myself um that all the conditioning up to that point had been seek seek the approval of society and you know i i knew what was the right thing to do maybe and was still have i actually achieved that and if not then i better work harder to get the approval or or i think there was also a failure to get things wrong you know because Mm. there was a fear of making mistakes and that was probably a really big fear that, oh you know you must at each stage of life you must be succeeding or checking a box no matter what it took to check that box you have to check it and no matter how long it takes to check that box you have to check it so <laughs> you know um i wasn't really asking myself i wasn't giving myself a lot of freedom to do things I enjoy or if I was doing it I was sort of trying to justify it with mm. something so it wasn't like I was giving myself a ton of time to think hey what is what am I really good at what do I actually love um could I actually do that as a job and it took I eventually got there but it took a long time <laughs> Yeah, so what, what sequence of events did that conversation and that book and that mm. kind of moment in your life unlock? Yeah. So obviously you only know, like you can only make sense of life in hindsight, right? So at, at uni stage, I had a mood board, which I was quite a clever kid and I sort of had like um, a mood board 
all about or containing sort of images of athletic people, specifically women. Like this is who I wanted to be. And at uni, I was sort of not very athletic at all. Like I'd never been a athletic at school. I was very socially athletic. Like if it was social, I was going to be in it. Um, but I didn't have a sport or anything that I could set goals against. Uh, but at uni, I had a mood board that involved business and fitness. And it was so far-fetched because I was doing architecture. It had nothing to do with fitness or business. Um, and in fourth year, I... and But sort of to manage my stress at uni, I joined a gym. And that was the first time I'd paid to join a gym and I joined all the classes and was sort of there a lot and I was very inspired by that place um it was a very interesting design and in fourth year I designed a gym in in my architecture course and I did a I did research in all the kinds of social clubs and members clubs that were in London I just loved that year it was the first year that I was actually even though for the previous three years in architecture they had the tutors had tried to drill um, into me that I should be working up from passion. I should be bringing my interests to the table and I should be doing projects that I, you know, had an opinion about and so on. It, it took a long time for me to get there. So, But in fourth year, I did this project where, you know, I designed the gym of my dreams and I did a lot of research into members clubs. And I think those were like, even though at the time I didn't really realize, those were things I was really passionate about, community and, and fitness. Um and then in fifth year, I sort of was like, oh, I've got to get this like piece of paper that says, you know, I'm a, an architect now. So I put a few things on the back burner. Um, things that, and then I sort of went on and got an architecture job and sort of forgot a little bit uh, what I wanted life to be about or what really um, set my heart on fire. But um, long story short, I think a few things that helped was I joined a church and they were very hot on community and community events. And I ended up hosting a regular gathering at my place every Friday, I think it was. Um, and that's where that friend told me, you know, you have no life. <laughs> and then that uh, changed churches and the second one actually had a like a very... Uh, a, a, a fitness club of sorts that members had put together where it was every every Wednesday night we'd get together in the basement of their offices and we'd clear the, the tables and we'd do a circuit and uh, we'd take turns to plan the circuit and one week this guy turned up, planned the circuit and it took 16 minutes and I, I was dead like I was so dead and I was like what was that um and it turned out it was CrossFit and at the time I, I knew you know what a marathon was but I didn't know what CrossFit was but I knew CrossFit hurt more than the marathon um <laughs> at the time and that got me into a CrossFit gym and then um fitness and community kind of collided in that place and then long story long after that I went on a fitness holiday with the CrossFit gym and I had an, had an amazing time and on, on the end of that holiday on the last day my, I learned that my father had passed away and I was like oh life is short you know you 
what is life about, actually? <laughs> um, let me make sure that before I die, I have achieved the things that I've set out to achieve. And one of those things was to make, um, have enough time for fitness and friends and make life in the city bearable. Like I had burnt out in the city at my previous job so many times. And even in jobs that I loved, I would still find myself having really low moments of sort of burnout. And I thought that it's important in life to have a rhythm of breaks and uh, downtime so that when you, so that you can go hard and not burn out. And I think that I never learned that in my life. No one really drilled it into me. We didn't have a lot of routines when I was a kid and I never really learned rhythm. So I, w I was all about going hard or as hard as I could, but I didn't know how to actually chill. So at, the, at that time, I was a personal trainer. I'd quit architecture long ago and I'd worked for, for a charity and then I'd become a personal trainer. And I knew, I knew firsthand that the, I had clients who were also going really, really hard and didn't get enough quality recovery time. And I thought, right, well, there's no point spending your whole life working to then not recover properly. And I also had clients who, you know, were putting in a lot of time in the gym and deserved the time off to recover for their body to realize the gains. So I thought, I want to spend some more time by the sea. I have this house in Crete. I'm going to make it so that I can bring people out there and we can do fitness by the sea. And I registered the domain fitnessbythesea.com or something. And then there was a copyright issue where, sorry, not copyright, trademark issue where this other lady in Portsmouth or somewhere on the south coast of England had registered the same name. And I thought, do you know what? Let her have it. You know, she was there before me. She still hasn't set up the business, but I don't know. Um, I'm happy for you to have it. Mm -hmm. So I backed out of that business name and I hired some space at the WeWork around the corner and just got in my spare time between clients. I worked on a business idea and yeah, started out in Crete at that house that the family summer house and um, we put a rig um, in the sort of yard of the house where there was nothing happening uh, it was a summer house. You know, my dad, bless him, was never a big fan of Crete. And he had a, another house that he would go to. And he was always saying, let's sell that Crete house. Like, we never go there. And when he died, I thought, I don't know, something in me thought, we need to make use of that place. And mm -hmm. also it's my mom's. And Maybe my mom wants to get involved. I don't know. And she did bless her. She she poured the concrete slab for the rig to go on. And um, um, I don't know. I thought, you know, I need to get, I need to do something with that place. We have it. We've, we're never going to sell it. Um, so essentially, I started, I asked my clients, do you want to go and have a fitness holiday? And like, not many replied because you know, it was a specific date of a specific month and of the year. And um, I thought, well, if my clients 
can't all go together at this on the same week should I open it to other people and so I did and um you know that summer of 2019 we got a few groups out there so that's how it started long story short fantastic fantastic what did that feel like that initial setup phase um exciting i think i think whenever you have a lot of freedom you whenever you give yourself a lot of freedom it feels exciting and when you're trying something new um i'm very motivated by new ideas that i think are have a reason behind them i think with architecture you are always always uh at least where i studied you were always incentivized to create something original that hadn't um didn't exist before obviously there's no original ideas such everything draws on previous ideas and i'd been to summer camp so many years in childhood and as a teenager and that's the the time of the year i loved the most and so i was felt like i was recreating those that summer camp feeling where people can come and it's going to be exciting and we're going to play <laughs> Nice, yeah. nice. So it felt exciting at the time. Did it like? It, I'm guessing it felt aligned as well. It sounds like knowing you now and having worked with you for so long, there's a like. It sounds way more you, like authentic, aligned, congruent than um, personal training as well, because it has that sense of adventure, but also architecture. Yeah, I don't know where architecture fit fits really, but um, it definitely taught me to be creative or, or that there's merit in being creative. Cause I think otherwise I might've been too swayed by other people's ideas and it definitely tells you to drills in you that there are ideas in you that you should pursue. Um, yeah. yeah. What was the initial goal for you? Um, I think it was to create events because I had seen firsthand the power of, events and bringing people together and it was to create a very unique event a very unique experience i had i think there's so much power in getting people together for something and for something that makes their life richer for something that they can take home and they feel energized and empowered and connected i feel like you know i'd been through i haven't told you but there were so many burnout moments in the city by me trying to trying so hard to be sort of good at work and a responsible citizen and whatever, you know, whatever else um, that I'd I forgot where I was going with it, but um I feel like there was a need to recharge essentially. And I wanted to create that recharging experience and a, a, a space where people can just be themselves. Mm. It's really interesting. You, you spoke about that kind of facade you created because it seems to be in every podcast I'm recording at the moment, but also most conversations, this persona that we create that like fulfills a function and it serves us, but it isn't aligned with who we really are. And it feels very uncertain to drop that persona and it feels like a risk, but it also feels like um, our personal truth that we should do. 
Yeah, but, you know, there is, I won't completely knock the corporate life because it definitely taught me, you know, just being inside someone else's business is, is super valuable time. And I think it, I think there's a reason why I stayed in there for 10 years in the corporate world that there were things that I was learning that I wouldn't learn anywhere else, you know, like delivering a project as a team, for example, and just that culture of making it happen and learning from other people. You know, I was an immigrant, immigrant expat, whatever you want to call it. I'm not from England. So at the age of 17, 18, I left Greece and coming into some another society, you still, there's so much to learn. And there was, I valued, I value my time in, in, in corporate architecture, let's say, um, and then I valued my time in the two years working for the church as well, because that was, I haven't spoken about that. I don't know how people feel about, uh, me talking about the church because it wasn't a traditional church at all. It was a <laughs> super clever, um, charity, let's say, uh, funded by some very clever city people that just wants to spread like what they see as the truth essentially but they do some really really good events and they're very good at getting people together and I felt that there was power there and so I learned the whole business of events and getting people together I learned the basics there um I forgot your original question <laughs> oh, so it wasn't really a question anyway it was about persona and and dropping ah, yeah, yeah 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 I, I was fake I was so my 20s if you'd met me in my 20s I don't know if you you would have liked me like I was wasn't very real I wasn't very vulnerable with people and there was a switch and I think it was a guy I, I met in architecture actually in my architecture job where we were like peers almost we were talking a lot and he was super clear and blunt and honest about where he was at and I thought that's fantastic that's who I want to be as well um and I think it was just coming, what's the word? Coming across the same hurdle over and over and over that I wasn't asking for help. Like that was, I was getting stuck at that point of like, well, I don't really want to ask for help. I don't want to admit that I'm struggling. I think it will put people off. It will scare people or it will, my ego will, I don't know what it was actually, I think if I could go back to my 20s, I think maybe just that I, I was scared that I'd disappoint people if I mm. really admitted how much I struggled. Maybe I would also disappoint my parents, so I never told my parents. Um, yeah, it's that feeling of like, well, people expect me to be a certain person that's got it together. <laughs> mm -hmm. If you're an adventurepreneur and you want more freedom to do more cool shit, then I want to help you do that. Every month, I take on a maximum of three new clients into my high-performance adventurepreneur program. This is a completely bespoke, personal, and deep-dive program giving you complete freedom, teaching you high-performance mastery. It's application and invite only, and I accept only those who are the best fit for the program. To apply for your space, head to my Instagram, Tom Foxley, F-O-X-L-E-Y, and send me a message with the word interested. Basically. It's so funny that so many of us have that story, and it's it's obviously not just you who has that story. Um, almost every client that I speak to has a version of that, of 
not asking for help, but also the image that we portray to others and the um, the yeah the kind of persona again that we want to project to someone who's got their shit together, as someone who really knows what they're doing and is unflappable. Um, but that's what keeps us stagnated and it's like that you kind of get trapped in a suit of armor and you want to grow but you're the the snake that has to shed its skin and that becomes restrictive and to do that Mm -hmm. you've got to be vulnerable again Mm -hmm. yeah and that was one of the and you know of course it doesn't happen overnight yeah absolutely absolutely what have been the the challenges along the way of starting more life adventures how they obviously the initial stage is very exciting and then you it becomes a business and then that has a whole Mm -hmm. kind of um a whole lot of things associated with it so what challenges have you faced along the way Mm -hmm. i think there's more challenge than success i guess but i think through the challenge the challenge is what makes it makes you grow so the first challenge was I started in 2019 and then COVID hit like a few months later so that was interesting timing um and so that was sort of a blessing and a curse because on one hand we had time we had that limbo time to think figure things out experiment with online events um and kind of not have a lot of expectation put on us on the other hand, it was so stressful not knowing when you can put on the next event and what you can put on because the rules were changing every few months or every few few weeks. Um, and we had so many, I had so many plans for that summer 2020. You know, uh, 2019 had obviously happened. It was so exciting. And we were like, well, it can only grow in 2020. And of course, you know, in March, everything stops. So I used to get the worst headaches during the lockdown. Um, from unexpressed um, anxiety. Like that was the first challenge. Like what? how I said to you before, I didn't really want to ask for help. I didn't even want to admit how I was feeling or ask for help that in that respect. Or I didn't think people would understand. And because I didn't express it, I just kept getting headaches, migraines, like three-day migraines with vomiting, all kinds of things. Um, so learning to be honest about my anxiety was one thing um getting the right team together or or realizing who you need to be on your team and and projecting forward you know what am I going to need in six months from now in a year from now and I think the probably one of the biggest ones was that I didn't set out with this big five-year plan of you know I want it to look like that I just thought I thought oh, this will be a good side sort of offering to my PT business. And it never, it wasn't anything bigger than that. And then suddenly it was like over the course of two years in the lockdown, I came to the conclusion that, well, it's sort of, I've put in so much work into it now. I might as well make it a full-time thing. Or I took the risk of, well, maybe it is a way for me to not be, as a PT, you are a one-man one woman, one man business. And every, I was quite an old PT that was just starting out, you know, in my late thirties and everyone around me was a lot younger and I felt the need to be more than a one man band. And the only way I was going to do that would be to work with other people, to have a team. And so 
I thought, wouldn't it be great to work with other coaches who have a lot more experience than me and having a team of events would make that possible. So that was something that was draw was a draw. But of course, I'd have to give up my clients and I really liked having my own clients and having that one-on-one relationship where you're helping them towards their goals and they come to you with problems and it's super rewarding. Like as a job, I can't think of anything better. Um, so being a coach is like, such an amazing job <laughs> sure you agree there um I do. <laughs> but you know, the, yet at the same time having a business is like a whole other is rewarding on a different level um so not setting out with this big five-year plan was an issue because I didn't really have an idea of what it would look like in five years for example what what I would need to do and now I think it's really important to look into the future yeah, um, because you're because so I, mobile at the beginning and you don't know anything right at the beginning. You don't know what better looks like and you've got to try a load of things and break things and kind of really hone that direction. You've kind of got a vague idea, mm-hmm. but you can only see with perspective when you've kind of got up that hill a little bit and you can mm-hmm. go, okay, that is roughly what I think that's the direction I want to go in. Yeah, to be honest, you know, it was... In the beginning, it was like, well, I'm going to help clients and friends go to Crete once a year or two, three times a year. And then it became a, well, if we're going to Crete, could we go, if we have a business that takes people to Crete, can we take them somewhere else? And going from, well, I'm going to organize everything and also have a PT business to actually to organize something like that professionally. If I want to do make more of it, then I need a team. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, well, if I have a team and I'm paying them a salary, then we need more events to make more money to pay the team. <laughs> so, so then we need to have events. So sort of fast forward, we need to have events throughout the year. <laughs> yeah. And then what kind of team do we need? And what else do we need to do in order to draw people closer to those events, which are quite expensive? You know, if you're going to spend a couple of thousand on a holiday with us, then how will you get to that point of, wanting to spend a couple of thousand like you need to trust us and you can only trust us by either meeting us or hearing about us and we need to put the word out there so then we need some more marketing time um yeah that was the sort of how have you grown as a person in that time like because you don't you're not the same person now as you were when you decide when you were said someone needed or someone told you needed some more life like you've grown like Mm. how have you done that and not only how have you done that but how have you changed (laughs) With mindset help from Tom Foxley. <laughs> Correct. Um, you, you hit the open goal there. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> yeah, I know it's true. Um, yeah, so in like, the lockdown. What, what changes we... have you seen? Uh, oof. Age. <laughs> I've aged. No, it's. I'm joking. Um, I think I'm more outgoing funnily enough like I think maybe I had a phase as a kid and a teenager where I was very extroverted and then in my 20s I became quite an introvert and quite resistant to socializing and partying and I think I've become more extroverted in a way as in I still have my I still have a need for private time and reflection but I enjoy meeting people more um Mm. I what enjoy has that given yeah. you? So 
like I mentioned, I didn't like sharing my struggles, but I think it's, I'm way more interested in coming together and sharing struggles now because we've had to do, I think the lockdown really shifted some, some things in my head where there was a lot of, there were a lot of forums, fora, however you call it, um, where you were encouraged to come together and share what's going on. And of course, everyone was sharing that they were going through hard times and uh, they had crisis of confidence and they didn't know what was coming. And I had my anxiety migraines and um, it just became more the norm to express what was really going on. And for me, I think maybe not, it wasn't the first time, but it was a time when it was encouraged. And so I realized that people want to help if you give them the opportunity and so the world has become a lot more accessible i think it, the world has become a lot friendlier in my eyes and hmm. i'm not trying to prove anything anymore like i was in my 20s like in my 20s it was you know proving myself was the thing can i do this can i do that <laughs> like i think i got into marathon running because of that i just wanted to prove like there's no need for me to do marathons <laughs> um I don't know where we started. <laughs> what was the question? It's all good. Like, how have you grown as a as a human in that time, and what changes have you seen within yourself? I've done a lot of mindset work. Before I met you, I was doing some stuff with Brendan Bouchard's company called Growth dot com, mm-hmm. and I was, I think it was like ten weeks at a time of one weekly check ins. And then some course coursework material that I had to go through. I've, I, you know, I knew that I was someone who just wasn't going to go anywhere if I didn't do some serious mindset work because I was didn't have confidence. I didn't know how to pitch ideas, even though I'd been in architecture school and all you did was pitch ideas. Mm. I was just quite scared of failing, and I knew that the possibilities were if I, because I really wanted to make my passion my job. And to get there, I could see that there were going to be some struggles along the way. Yeah. Um, I grew up, so in my 20s, maybe late 20s, early 30s, was a time when people were sharing on Instagram that, you know, I've been remote working, I've been traveling, I've been doing this and that. And I was like, how do people do that? Like, how do you actually live a lifestyle that is aligned with what you like, what you enjoy doing, who you are as a person. Uh, yeah, how do you ditch the expectations that you've put on yourself that you need to meet? And I think my poor father dying, he I sort of thought to myself, he would love to have seen me happier or more happy or more fulfilled or more accomplished. And he always used to say, you have a lot that you should be confident about and I don't see you being so confident about them. So, you know, in hindsight, you think like, mm. <laughs> you remember more the things that they've told you when they go away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, a huge change you've been through. How would you, if someone was thinking about, okay, I want to go on a similar path, what 
perspectives or tools would you give them to help them live this or help them move towards the type of person that they want to be? Hmm, how long have you got? Mm. Please say that the question again. Yeah, like you've been you've been in this game of personal development and of seeking what I would call the adventurepreneur lifestyle, freedom, trips, living in alignment with who you are. You've been doing mm. this for a fair amount of time now and you've mm -hmm. learned a lot and grown a lot as a person. What lessons would you pass on to people who want to go on a similar journey yeah i think evaluate priorities like you can't you can't have everything at any one time you've got to give some to get some so you know to put it really simply like what can you afford to lose um money wise and lifestyle wise like if you really want to pursue something can you give up the flat in london <laughs> Can you uh, put it up for rent or um, you've got to make some sacrifices, but you have to know why. So like prioritize what the top priority is and then go after that and be willing to sacrifice other stuff. And I've put a lot of money into my more life adventures. Like, you know, I have decided that this is, if I die in like a year or two years, I want to leave something behind I want to have achieved, I want to have created something that I'm proud of and I've decided it's worth investing in. So I think being flexible about anything that isn't a priority is important and just being okay with that. And I think the first thing is, you know, I had a sort of, when I was an architect, I would go to parties and say I'm an architect and people would go, oh, that's so interesting. Then I wasn't, then I was nothing. I was unemployed and I would go to parties and say I'm unemployed. And like, you've got to be okay with your identity changing a little bit, like, or your identity not being your sort of CV. <laughs> um, and I think the, there's freedom in that. Like even before you, other people tell you that your life has freedom, you've got to be free yourself from the expectations that other people have put on you or you think have, they have put on you. Sometimes they haven't even put them on you. You've just warned them for no reason. Um, I, I think, again, like, even sometimes other things, like how athletic do I need to be, you know, like, or how rich do I need to be or how... Uh, What's the ceiling? I think it's important knowing what the ceiling is mm. and what the, what, yeah. Order of priorities is the first one. And then freedom from other people's expectations is the other one, which sometimes they haven't even vocal, they haven't even verbalized. You've just assumed that other people have expectations of you. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Along path of business development you must have got very clear on the people who want to come and um go on trips with you and go on ventures with you <laughs> yeah who part of that is market <laughs> research but part of them is seeing them time and time again like who who comes on mm. these trips mm -hmm. um busy people who like to train and don't have time to plan an all in uh, you know a, a holiday with a lot of activities 
Um, and so they put, they give us the money to plan something that will be really exciting. And then they come along and they sort of the decision making stops, you know, they don't have to make any decisions. We've made all the decisions for them. We even know what, what meals they want and they can just enjoy themselves. And I say busy people because the people that need the holidays the most, you know, the people that work really hard and sometimes they have the money to do the holiday, but they don't have the time to even think about it. <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah, the, the bandwidth to, to deal with the, the um, what's the word, with the decisions. Yeah, exactly. And, and frankly, like I'm not interested in, you know, have, are there more important things to do at the time than sort of get together with, you know, activity operators or coaches and um, sort all that, all that out. It's a full-time job. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah. you know, the, the, the premise of More Life Adventures was to give people quality downtime, quality recovery time. And for that, that is a full-time job. Like to plan your downtime so that it's fruitful and productive, that's another job. So nobody has time to do it. You know, you have time for your own job. Quality downtime means that you go, you go for that downtime and you are being educated, you're being stimulated. Um, I'm not saying there's no, there's no um, what's the word? There's no merit in being bored. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying if you want to have a stimulating camp or fitness holiday or retreat that takes planning so yeah absolutely. absolutely what trips do you have coming up we have a trip to cape town in Sweet. march and we have a trip to madeira in april nice sounds incredible like tell me about this yeah so cape town is uh, all all the destinations we go to have opportunities for activity indoors and outdoors and we pick them for that reason and we pick places that have mountain and sea so that you can both be in the sea and be on the mountain in the same week and also usually a really good crossfit gym as well where we we know that we'll be welcome it's fair to say that we you know i started um inviting people from my crossfit gym and we have kind of grown that way from word of mouth and so there's a lot of there's a bit of a crossfit element involved but we, um, the places we've been to so far, the coaches have been really, really nice with beginners and brought them in. You know, as you know, CrossFit is infinitely scalable. My grandma would have done it. Uh, but at the same time, we want to do the hikes. We want to do the swimming. We want to do the paddle boarding. So we try and bring all of that to every destination. Beautiful. Yeah. And then where can people find out more about it if they're interested? Uh, morelifeadventures.com morelifeadventures on Instagram and you can have you can contact me personally at stella.camba on Instagram um, yeah <laughs> perfect awesome is there anything else you wanted to say before we wrap up I wanted to say that your course during the lockdown really saved my ass uh, from you had this group um group mindset calls and group mindset work that I was encouraged to write. I knew how to journal, but I was encouraged to write more than before. And since then we've done quite a lot of work together that has really helped keep me on the straight and narrow. <laughs> well, I'm so glad I 
could facilitate that for you and it's been such a pleasure to get to know you properly and to witness your growth because it's every time it seems like every time we have a a check-in call but also if you look periodically at kind of a quarterly basis your consistent growth towards alignment and towards this more adventurepreneur life is like it's so evident thank you it's nice to be in a you know, with people that get get it and who are on the same path. Like I look up to, up to you, and you inspire me, and hopefully I inspire you a bit. And so, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely do. So, I think that's a perfect place to wrap up. Um, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you.